when Shelly heard the knock on the door, she didn't really want to open it, but she did. When she opened the door, she noticed there on the front step, there was a delivery man that had a a bouquet of roses. She was a little shocked by this, but it was Valentine's Day after all, so she took the roses and tipped the man and walked on inside. She set the roses down on the table and she just kind of stared at them for a while. She was perplexed because she really couldn't figure out who these could possibly be from. She finally gathered up the courage to read the note and the note said, quote, happy Valentine's Day, honey. Stay strong. Love forever, Jim. Shelly went numb. Jim was her husband. And while it wasn't typically strange for Jim to send her flowers on Valentine's Day, what was strange about this occasion is that Jim had passed away several months before. She wondered if this was some kind of trick, so she contacted the florist where they came from to figure out who was behind all this. And what she discovered melted her heart. What she discovered was when her husband, Jim, found out that um, he had an inoperable brain tumor, he made an arrangement with a local florist to send Shelly roses on Valentine's Day for the rest of her life. He wanted to make sure that she knew that even in death, she was loved forever. You know, faith family, that kind of thing is not just touching, it's not just intentional, it's not just uh, uh, um, very, very thoughtful. It's something everybody here today wants. And I don't mean necessarily roses, I, I mean to truly be loved forever. To experience a kind of love that not even death can separate you from. Uh, We want, as the great poet Randy Travis used to sing about, a love that's forever and ever, forever and ever, amen. Every one of us wants a real everlasting love. And, and, And that's what the good news behind Christmas is all about. That's the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ. You know, faith family, if you've been around a few years, every Christmas Eve, we've been meditating on one of the names given to Jesus in the Isaiah prophecy. Uh, We we read it just a few moments ago, but let's look at it again. It's Isaiah chapter nine and verse six. It says, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. Several years ago, we talked about a child would be born, talked about the, the humanity of Jesus. And then the next year, we talked about a son given that speaks of his divinity, that this child is fully God and fully man. We talked about that as a wonderful counselor, he is our source of wisdom when we need guidance. Last year, we talked about as mighty God, he is our source of strength and power when we are Week and this year we come to this next name, Everlasting Father. Now of all the names that's given here in this Isaiah prophecy, this one's the most confusing. It's the most challenging because it, it almost appears on the surface level that Isaiah's mixing up the Trinity. That he's calling 
God the Son, Father. God the Father. And we know as Christians that one of the most central doctrines in Christianity is the doctrine of the Trinity. You can't mess that up or you don't have Christianity. That there is one God revealed in three distinct persons. The Father is not the Son or Spirit. The Son is not the Father or the Spirit. And the Spirit is not the Father or the Son. It is one God in three distinct persons. In fact, this is such a big deal. One of my favorite Christmas stories goes back to the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. There was a man there by the name of Arius, and he started messing with the Trinity. He started saying, Jesus is not eternal. There was a time when he was not, and people began to get real frustrated by this. In fact, there was one particular man that walked across the room in the council and popped him. (laughs) That man's name was Saint Nicholas, it's my favorite Santa Claus story ever, all right? Oh, St. Nicholas punching people for heresy, okay? Now, there's a little bit of, little bit of debate as to whether or not St. Nicholas actually punched Arius, but we know this, that he stood firm for the Trinity. You can't mess with this. But be of good cheer, Isaiah here is not mixing up the Trinity at all. When he talks about Jesus, and we know this is Jesus because the angel quotes this passage in Luke 2, when Isaiah talks about him as being everlasting father, notice this on the screen, he's not referring to Jesus' position in the Trinity, but his posture towards us. You see, these names... Um, reveal the way in which we relate to Jesus, what he does for us, who he is for us. So what does it mean that Jesus is given this title, Everlasting Father? Two really great truths that we'll just take a moment to meditate on. Here's the first. Jesus, this child born, this son given, relates to us with the love of a father. He relates to us with the love of a father. Just as Jesus is the source of wisdom, wonderful counselor, just as he is a source of strength, mighty God, he also is a source of fatherly type love and care and protection and provision. Just think about your life for a moment. Has Jesus not helped you in your time of need as a father helps a child? Has Jesus not provided for you as a father would provide bread? Has he not protected you from the evil one as a father would protect his children? Has he not disciplined you as a father would discipline his children? Has he not been your teacher as a father would instruct his children? Has he not said that you can call out to him whenever you're in need as a child would cry out, Abba, Father? Has Jesus not sought you and forgiven you like the father did in the prodigal son? Don't you see, faith family, what Isaiah is saying here is that Jesus doesn't just relate to us as a counselor. He doesn't just relate to us as a mighty God. He relates to us in the same way a loving father relates to a child. In fact, if you want a proof verse for this, look at what Jesus said himself. This blows my mind every time I read it. John 15, verse 9. As Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. In other words, think about this. Jesus is saying, I love you with the same fatherly love of which the Father has loved me. That's amazing. Amen? 
he relates to us with this fatherly love. And I, I, I know, you know how many people are gonna come through here today? And there are gonna be people, they're gonna hear this message and you're gonna think, you know, this idea of a fatherly love makes me sick because your experience with fatherly love has not been very positive. For you, when you think about a father's love, you think about a father that was never there for you. A father that you never knew, a father that hit you instead of hugged you, a father that passed away, a father that was never pleased no matter what you did. But here's what I would say to you, because some of you are here and that's your story. What I would say to you is this. Don't let your bad experiences with an earthly father cause you to run from Jesus. It should all the more cause you to run to Jesus. Because everything you needed and didn't get from an earthly father, you can only get in the fatherly love of Jesus Christ. He is everlasting father. He relates to you with a fatherly love. That's the first, I think, really important truth from this name. And here's the second, and it's just as glorious. And that is that Jesus's fatherly-like love Last forever. The name is Everlasting Father. Now, the word everlasting there is not speaking to the eternality of Jesus. In other words, he's not saying Jesus is eternal. Trust me, there are plenty of passages. John chapter 1 would be one, for instance, that speak to the eternality of Jesus, but not this one. No, no, no. Everlasting is meant to describe the kind of fatherly love he gives us, that is, a love without end, amen. Jesus said this, John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I relate to you as an everlasting father. It's not just a fatherly love, it's a fatherly love that is from everlasting to everlasting. Charles Spurgeon says this, there is no unfathering Christ and there is no unchilding us. I love that. He is everlastingly a father to those who trust in him. Here's the great news. I, I hope that you will celebrate this. I hope this will birth joy in your heart today. And it's this, once we belong to Christ, we are his and he is ours forever. He's an everlasting father. So today, if you're looking this Christmas for an endless love, a love without end, amen, a love that not even death can separate you from, here's the only place you're gonna find it. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. As the Apostle Paul testifies in Romans 8, 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels or rulers or things present or things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord.
Faith family, Christmas is the celebration that God so loved the world, he sent his fatherly love into the world in the person of Jesus Christ, that he loves you so much, he lived a life you couldn't live, that he loves you so much, he died a death that you deserved, that he loved you so much, three days later, he walked out of the grave. Why? So that you would know today that there is nothing absolutely nothing, not even death itself, that can separate you from his everlasting love. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this good news of Christmas, that you so love the world, you sent your fatherly love into the world in the person of Jesus Christ. As he said himself, as the Father has loved me, so I love you. What love? A love without end. A love that not even death can separate us from. And I just wonder, God, you know, because you know the heart, I just wonder how many people here today don't know that love. And that today, if they would just look to Christ and believe, to turn from the way they're living on their own and look to Christ, they could have personally this endless love and everlasting Father. For those in this room that know that love, I just pray that this would be a day of of true celebration with all the things that are going on, that it would just be a time to celebrate the everlasting love of Jesus. Thank you, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.